We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And right next to me, I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in the dry and hot but yet beautiful <laughs> streets of St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we're hoping that maybe by the time that people listen to this episode, it will not be so dry and so hot. Hopefully I'm not, sure yeah. our farmers are all praying for a little bit of rain. But yeah, when Matt and I are recording this, we've just gotten through a really warm, extremely warm, record-breaking warm uh, season here and, and like I say, very, very dry. But yeah. uh, may the Lord bless us. But in New Athens there at the Kiskaskia River, it's like a tree planted by the waters that flourishes and bears fruit and yeah, it's no not it's change. like the garden yeah, of eden no sorry in southern illinois <laughs> it's not well you're you're not too far from the mississippi it doesn't help the rivers don't help you when it's really hot and dry it's not like living next to a lake if you're uh, living next to a lake that's cool you get the breeze coming off the lake you're doing but no yeah, it's just enough to make it humid yeah that's all it does and mosquitoes lots of mosquitoes yeah they they so they still have a place to nest isn't that wonderful that's yeah, great everything else is dry, but they can still nest at the rivers. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the mosquitoes and your flying Asian carp. <laughs> That's right. So just a reflection of what we talked about last week, that this is definitely the, the devil's kingdom, but God's kingdom is coming in. Oh, okay, so I got, again, doing some research in Minnesota, trying to find the very best jokes. Oh, of find. course. We're bringing them from up north. From, from up they're north. Where fresher they were, there they're fresher there this time cooler. of year. That's not, they're all, all dried out like <laughs> things are down here. The jokes here are pretty well dried out. So anyway, my, my this is my son-in-law, Mike, now. Okay. So he comes and says, okay, so the story is, is that God was wondering how things were going on in the world which we talked about last week. Things are not going on so good. So God says, I, I wonder just how bad things are. So he sends an angel down, and the angel comes back and says, oh, Lord, you won't believe it. It's terrible. It's horrible about that. It's just, I, I can't, you just won't believe how bad the world has gotten. And God says, well, it can't be that bad, really? All right, I'm going to send a couple other angels down. Send a couple other angels down. I just don't believe that. It can't be as bad as what you're yeah. saying. So these other two angels come back and they say, it is, it is. Oh, Lord, you just can't imagine how terrible things have gotten down there in the world. I, I don't You've got to do something, Lord, because there are people there. There are people there that still, you know, they're good people. But so God says, all right, all right. Well, I, I've got to do something to encourage the good people down on the world. So, I, so, so the story is, is he actually sent an email out to encourage all the good people in the world. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what the email said? What's that, John? I don't know. I didn't get it either. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so thank you, Mike. Oh, Mike. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get it either. <laughs> so. Uh, that was actually pretty decent. Oh, what did I do? See, I shut my Bible. What is wrong with me? We do not shut our Bibles on Wrestling with the Basics. We keep our Bibles yeah, that's open exactly at right. all time. What was I thinking? Well, what? 
Go ahead. Well, while, you, while you're trying to find your place, yeah. Your yeah. I, let me. Can I share one last thing? Yeah. That has to do with yes. last week. So, we we are going lead to us, the, lead, uh, yeah. Deliver yeah. us. No, what was <laughs> Thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy, thy will, be, will done. be done. So it's thy kingdom come, week. thy will be done. Yes. And we were talking a little bit about how God's kingdom comes and breaking and hindering the plans of the devil. But we also recognize that in a very real way, God's kingdom has come and continues to come. And we think of how it came in, in Jesus Christ. We, and as he wins the victory uh, in his life and in his death, his resurrection, we... Uh, I, I just wanted to share a, a little illustration. And yes. it's, you know, it's not a perfect one, but uh, but I think it's kind of an interesting account here. Um, and, and just thinking of people that, that don't really know that the kingdom has come, you know, and, and continues to and will at the end of the age, right? But um, but so many people don't know that. There's uh, This is the story of uh, Lieutenant Huru Onoda. I think I'm pretty close to the gay name, but he's famous because he's one of the very last of the uh, so-called Japanese holdouts. Those oh, Imperial I know who you're talking Army about. Yes, soldiers. Yeah. They, you know, hit out. There was a number of them hiding on those Pacific Islands years after World War II was ended. Um he was an intelligence officer. He was dispatched to this island in the Philippines in 1944. Well, that same island was captured by the Allies in 1945, just the very next year. Um, the guy refused to surrender, though, even after the war then officially he, he ended. He did not believe that the war had ended. He wouldn't he believe they were just it. Telling yeah, him that. yeah. So, so the, 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 the people who live there, um, they would... They try to tell him that didn't work. The the Japanese government they apparently dropped leaflets, and he Is thought it was just right? propaganda, some kind well, of, of course trick it would about be. the war yeah. being over. The the last thing that convinced him was they had to send his old commanding officer there, really and order him to just stop fighting because the war is over. And so this guy was stationed there in 1944. He doesn't surrender until March. Of 1974. Oh, you're 30 kidding. years. 30 years. And I didn't hear Can you that imagine part of that? The story? Hiding That's out for 30 years, thinking that yeah. you're fighting on edge, and then finally to hear that news that no, no, that the war is over. The war yeah. is over. And I, I just kind of think of that in terms of those who, who don't know that the war is over and the, the battle's been won, as Luther points out in his hymn, too. Uh, Jesus Christ has come. He's the one who's the victor. Um, and he's won the battle for us already over sin and death and the devil. And he's with us now, uh, even in this in this fight, as the fight might still rage on with Satan, certainly. But but the victory ultimately has been won. It was won at the cross and the empty tomb. It's it's going to be won when he returns. We'll see that again. And to have that assurance and for us to share that assurance with those who who think that you know that the, the, the end is uncertain when we know no, it's not because of Jesus Christ. In, in military parlance, they call it a mopping up operation, yeah, yeah. which is to say, no, you've already won. But yeah, we got to go out there and find these little strongholds of these the enemy. They're defeated. The, the war is over. There's no question about that. But we still got to kind of get this. And so that's where we're at. Uh, you're right. When Jesus died on the cross, the, the war, the, the battle's done. The victory's ours. But yeah, we're still here. We're still struggling yeah. with that until, of course, the final fulfillment of the prayer, thy kingdom come, when Jesus does return at the end of the world. Uh, yeah, then then it'll all be made clear. But but no, it's all done now. It's exactly. Yeah. And in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of suffering, uh, we have that assurance. Now, not that this life is easy, but in the midst of it, we have the assurance that it's been won, and we're going to see that finally at Christ's return. And, and you know, if you think about it, that's kind of the 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 
power of the petition, thy kingdom come, because it's not like, well, Lord, we've got a whole bunch of stuff we need to do, and once we get everything ready and prepared, I, I guess then your kingdom will come. No, it's the fact is, no, your kingdom just comes in. You, you're not waiting for us to get ready. You're not waiting for us to get prepared. You just come in, and you came in with your son, Jesus Christ, and you're coming to us every day with your word and sacraments, assuring us of your love for us and the forgiveness of our sins, and you, again, will come at the end whenever you have determined the hour of the day. So that's kind of the beautiful thing of that petition. It's not like God is waiting on us. No, he's already come. The kingdom is ours. He just wants us to know that and believe that, and that's what we pray for. Yeah. Amen. Can I share with you, as long as we're continuing on sure. Thy Kingdom Come, uh, an illustration that an old pastor told me, which I thought was kind of a, a good illustration of what we mean by Thy Kingdom Come. So let's suppose you and I were out on a boat, uh, out on the Titanic, for example, which <laughs> oh, we, we did that. We were down in Tennessee. You know, they got a makeup of the, the Titanic in Tennessee. And Is you, that right? You can go on it and you find out whether you drowned or whether you didn't drown. <laughs> it's well, really a, how'd you fare? I actually survived. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I was one of the crewmen, and somehow I got on a lifeboat, <laughs> yeah, and I, I made it. Uh, um, but so the thing is, is if, if you didn't, if you were out yes. there in the water, yeah. you know, your boat had sunk and you're out there in the water, what would be the first thing you'd pray for? Deliverance. Yeah, yeah. get another boat here. Get, get somebody boat, so sure. I can get a hide. So when we pray that kingdom come, that's what we're praying for. Yeah, God, come and save us to get us out of this kingdom of the devil and, and the world and our sinful flesh, which he's done, right? In the church, the mm -hmm. kingdom has come. The, the boat is here. Get in the boat. Salvation is there, free. So now we're in the boat, but there's still all these other people out there in the water. What's our second prayer going to be? Deliver them and work through us to deliver them. Yeah. So thy kingdom come. So we're in the kingdom, but now we want to bring all these other people. Get them on the boat too, so that they'll be saved and safe from the, the, the cold, freezing water. And then once, once we're all on the boat, what's going to be our final prayer then, as we're on the boat? Come on back, Lord. That's, yeah, let's, <laughs> we're ready for no, your well, return. Let's, let's get to the shore. Let's get huh? to the shore. <laughs> That's right. Let's get to some solid, where we don't have to worry about yeah, falling out yeah. of the boat of the boat sinking, which of course is the final thing, then thy kingdom come. Yeah, come at the end, O Lord, and Bring an end to all of this struggle and trial and crosses. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I thought that was kind yeah, of that's a nice pretty good. And I think it alludes to, as we talked about in the catechism, it's the kingdom among us. I yes. mean, I think that illustration kind of makes that real too. You know, <laughs> let me get in that lifeboat, Lord, and you know, come among us so that others would be saved and that we would get to the shore. Yeah. And that's that's the point. Good. So now we're actually going to take a little deviation here. For those of you who are waiting for us to do uh, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread, <laughs> I'm sorry. You'll have to wait one more week. Come on, give us a break. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I read across something that I just wanted to share with the—, the, the in fact, I'm going to do two things here. I'm, I'm going off on a limb. Oh, boy. Can I go off on a limb well, for a second? Well, why not? Okay. Sure. This was, this was unplanned. But but I was thinking about people that that uh, are, are suffering with cancer, mm -hmm. okay? Because uh, I, I was hearing this uh, atheist and he was talking about that issue and he says, well, it's just all a matter of fluke, it's all a matter of accident, uh, you know, it's just your genetics, okay? Uh, and and I got to think about it, I thought you know there there is an element of truth to what they're saying, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and let me explain what I mean. Okay. Uh, now now first of all, if, if you smoke heavily, what are the good chances it's going to happen to you, Matt? Well, I think your chances increase exponentially, probably if. Right, if you choose right. to smoke. So I mean, so if you're doing stupid things and you come down with cancer, well, I think we all know what the answer is. You shouldn't have done that, right? We all understand that. Uh, um, in fact, I always tell people if you hit your head on a brick wall, what's going to happen? Or you're going to get a 
bump on your head. Yeah, yeah. Your head's going to hurt. Your so, head's going to hurt. So probably don't hit your... It's not like God hates you. It's not like God is punishing you. But if you hit your head on a brick wall, it will hurt, you know. God still loves you. In fact, he's probably saying, why did you do that? <laughs> okay. So, so I mean, there is that. There is that kind of cancer that comes uh-huh. just because we were doing things that we shouldn't do, and God allows us to suffer the natural consequences. But what about those people who truly didn't smoke and, and, and didn't do the things? I mean, they tried to lead healthy, good lives, and yet they still come up with cancer. And, and again, the, the, the answer of the atheist would be, well, Bad genes, right? You mm-hmm. got it from probably in your family. There's something going on. Sure, just totally random. Heredity, yeah, yeah, heredity. But here, here's now, now, and I'm I'm actually laying this out for you to be critical of, and for our listeners to be critical of, because it just came to me, and I don't know if I'm thinking correctly here or not, and I am open to being corrected, but it occurs to me, does this not go back to the old C.S. Lewis statement that God cannot do nonsense, right? I think we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm, God, mm-hmm. God cannot make a rock that's so big he can't yes, lift. Yeah, yeah. That's just nonsense. So so what if it, this is the situation? I, I'll actually use someone from my church. I'm going to change their name, uh, uh, Bob. Bob, who's struggling with cancer right now. Uh, but what if this was a situation that God said, I really want a Bob. I, I, I've got this great idea for Bob. He's going to mm-hmm, be a really mm-hmm. good guy, and, and he's going to have family and children, and he's going to love and care for them. And I just really need I need a Bob in this world. And I know exactly where I'm going to get him from. I, I got grandparents, great-grandparents, mom and dad picked out. The only problem is that within this family, there is this genetic defect, this this cancer thing. Yeah. But that's how it is. That's what I got to work with. I'm sorry. I'm not working with purity here. I'm working with sinful people whose very bodies have been corrupted. But I really, really want to have a Bob. So is that possible then that God creates a Bob knowing full well that at some point Bob's going to have cancer? Because it's just the way it is with this Bob that he has created. Does that make any sense, or am I way off track there? You, you are that? thinking deep, John. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, you know I, I, you know, and I, I don't know how far we want to peer into this yeah. and and you know try to read God's mind on this one, you know, because it, it is tough, and I don't yeah. know if we can give a a, a sure and certain answer to be quite honest. Yeah. Um. But but certainly in that is the reality of living in this sinful fallen world, and I mean that's when you think about it, that's really all God has to work with is is imperfect people, whether that imperfection is because of cancer or because yeah. of something else. That's all He has to work with. And so, well, sure, yeah, yeah, perhaps so, that you know, Bob is going to be born in this family, but yet Bob is going to suffer cancer. And, and I would say that that's, you know, may not be cancer, but that's true of any of us. That's that, true. You know, God, you know, because of sin, has got imperfect people to work with. So, so my thought is, though, if we, if we think that God could give us a Bob without that, that is nonsense again. It just doesn't work that way. If God's going to put people in this world and he's got purposes for them and he's going to use them, uh, we, we hope and pray that they'll come to understand that and, and believe that. But even if they don't, he, he's still using everybody. There's nobody in this world that God does not use for his purpose. And and, and so there it means that that's going to be some people that are going to have cancer and some people are going to have heart disease. It's just how it is. Uh, um, 
I appreciate what you're saying, though. You're, you're right. We're on thin ice because we probably shouldn't speculate about things that the Bible doesn't clearly reveal us. And In fact, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes 8 that essentially says that we just really don't understand. Yeah. We don't know. We do know that sometimes good people suffer, and sometimes evil people seem to prosper. We can't really figure that out. But I do offer that to anyone who may have a cross right now. Uh, the fact that we do know for sure is God loves you. Uh, the presence of cancer, heart disease, whatever it is, that doesn't nullify that fact. And in fact, it could just be kind of a characteristic of the love of God that in order to have you, we had to have all these struggles and trials too. Yeah. But he really wanted a you. He yeah. really did. And so that was worth it. He he would allow that to happen because he really wanted to have this person uh, in his world, someone that he would then go and suffer and die for on the cross. So anyway. Well, and I think, I'm glad you bring it up because I think people are going to struggle with this more and more because yeah. what do we have now? We have, you can check your DNA, you spit into oh, a yeah. tube and you find out yeah. your family's heritage and where you came from uh, genetically, which is kind of cool, you know, that, but you can also find out, hey, am I susceptible to a disease, to a sickness, to an illness? And some of us are. Uh, but yet, does that mean that God doesn't love us? You know, no, no, not at all. And and like you said, he's made us uniquely us, even with those flaws, because we're in this fallen world. And yet, yeah, he wants us to be where we're at and, and live the life that he's given to us. But what's important, and, and you know, the, the certain thing is his promises in the face of those uncertainties and some of these questions we're kind of toying with and speculating about, you know, to always go back to those promises of God and his word. And the scary thing is, the thing that scares me, Matt, as you were talking about this DNA testing, is it will come to a point where we'll be able to do that and, and maybe determine on what kind of child we're going to have or whether oh my we goodness. have a I child. I think we're already there. Yeah, yeah well, and, and see, uh, and, and I'm, I'm scared of that because then we are taking our wisdom and our understanding and thinking that we can control these things. But but pretty much the evidence is we'll never be able to do that. No matter how refined we get in our DNA testing, no matter how refined we get in terms of our control of the joining together of the zygote and the whatever. Now I'm really out of my water here. <laughs> <laughs> but those people that know biology out there know what I'm talking about. Uh, um, because my wife would tell me it's not an egg, she says. It's not an egg. Okay. We talk about you know, <laughs> well, whatever Lynn says, you go with that. But it's not, that's not, I, but I don't remember what it really is. I, I'm off track, but but no, no, no. See, that's the scary thing. No, we, God loves people with all of their flaws and all of their weaknesses and all of their frailties, because uh, that's the scary thing that comes from that. Then we begin to say, well, that's a defective person. We need to get rid of that person. And man, I don't think God sees anybody as defective. Never. All people for whom were valuable enough for his son to die for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. As I told you last week, this whole feeding of the 4,000 thing has been on my mind. And, and I think that's another example of that, uh, that God just loves people. Because surely of that 4,000 people, there probably were some bad people, don't you think? Oh, yeah, well, certainly. Thieves, prostitutes. Sure. Probably out of that 4,000, there was a lot of people that probably didn't believe in Jesus either. You mm -hmm. know, they were probably just going along for the ride. In fact, they'd probably been looking at their watches for a couple of days and say, don't we, don't, should we get home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. But when he fed him, he didn't say, okay, everybody who's good and believes in me, come over here, I'll give you food. The rest of you, yeah, you're on your own. But no, 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 he, he fed all of them, took care of everyone, because that's just the kind of God uh, that we have. Uh, um, and you know what? I think we'll probably reflect on that when we return to our discussion of the Lord's Prayer next week uh, when we go to the next petition. Um, uh, give us this day our daily, daily bread. bread. That's exactly right. Yep. He gives us our daily bread, all that we need, whether we're good or bad, whether we're Christians, not Christians. Yeah, think about that. So, uh, um, 
Okay, so we, honestly, people, we're totally off track here. This is what we planned to do. We actually were going to do something about Matthew 5, but we're apparently not doing that anymore. Uh, and that's okay. We pray that the, the, the Lord bless us in, in all of this endeavor. So so as long as we're just kind of meandering here, can I share with you another neat thought about that? <laughs> sure, John. <laughs> no, Matt's going, what's going what on? Going on? I'm just you told me we were doing thou shall not kill, and now we're talking about cancer. And, uh, um no, I just uh, that 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 uh, business about the uh, feeding the four thousand. Uh, um, do you do that, by the way, in the three year lectionary? Does that text ever come up? From, from it hasn't yet. So okay. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it's probably in there probably once every mm-hmm, three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, in the one lection, one year lectionary that we've we've been experimenting with this year, you actually get the feeding of the five thousand and the feeding of the four thousand. Oh, you get both. Every year, Look at that. Every year. Uh, but I think what's so neat about the feeding of the 4,000 is that they don't come to Jesus and ask him for help. Am I remembering it correctly? In the 5,000, I think they do come up to Jesus. The disciples do say, hey, we need to do something about these people. Yeah. You know, they're getting yeah. hungry. Yeah. And uh, But but in, in the feeding of the 4,000, no, it's entirely on, on the effort of Jesus. He's the one that comes. He's the one that looks upon them with compassion is the word that's used. He's the one that says to the disciples, so what do you think we need to do about these guys? Because they're getting hungry. If we send them home, they're going to be faint. Uh, of course, the disciples have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> we get the standard disciple answer. I don't know. Uh, you know. That's typical uh, disciple I, answer. Yeah, well, typical Matt and John yeah, answer. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, but uh, so I just, I, I wonder if that isn't why, because we wonder, why do we have two stories? But maybe that's the, the fact, that to understand that Jesus didn't feed the 5,000 because people came up and asked him. No, no, he, even if the disciples hadn't expressed their concerns, even if no one had said a prayer, he still would have fed them. And, and of course, that's what he does in the feeding of the 4,000. It's entirely uh, on his motivation. He sees the need. He sees their concerns. He raises the issue. And, of course, he provides the answer as he feeds them, uh, all 4,000 of them. And I like the feeding of the 5,000, too, because they, they come to him and they said, should we send them away to get something yes, to Lord? yeah. Jesus... I, it could have been an easy out because I'm like, yeah, why yeah, are you going to send away? You know, <laughs> he could have got out of it, but but instead, no, he has compassion and he says, you give them something to eat. Yeah. And you know, those beautiful words, you give them something yeah, to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, I'm, I'm kind of already jumping ahead to next week, but when we talked about give us this day our daily bread, you know, we think of Jesus bringing that prayer before the Father and he's basically saying, Father, you give them something to eat, you know, and, and saying that of us. Uh, and I think that's kind of a beautiful picture, too. We'll talk about that more next week, though. And, and, and actually, so I think the Spirit is working here, which is what we pray for when the kingdom comes. Isn't that what that's we right. said? The catechism, let, let, let the Spirit come. Because I, I, I didn't think about this, but we are talking about prayer, right? We're talking about prayer. It's not that God, and we've already heard that over and over again, it's not that God requires us to pray to do these things. He's going to do them whether you pray them or not. But, but the prayer is that we would realize that he's doing these things for us. So it's really good to know that it is Jesus that's given us this food. By the way, have you ever gone three days without eating? I haven't. I haven't either. I'll bet most of our listeners haven't. I wonder how often we thought, though, that's because of God taking care of us. He didn't even wait three days for you and me. He's been feeding us day mm-hmm. in and day out. But the other thing that you keep mentioning, Matt, and that we really need to keep uh, referring to remembering, is that in the coming of this kingdom, he wants to use us as part of that process, too. Yeah, that's that's yeah. How, he's the one that's going to provide, no doubt. I haven't got enough food to feed four thousand people, but I could very well be one of the people that Jesus says, "Hey, could you take that basket of bread and hand it out to those people over there because they're hungry, 
and, and so that's kind of the beautiful thing in this is that we're going to be all part of the process of the will being done and the kingdom being accomplished. And well, that was kind of a neat episode, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> not what I expected in this rumination episode. I, I did not right. either. It was not what I had planned. Well, and I just, you know, part of my prayers when we do this show was just that, that we, that God would work through us to to say what, what the listeners need to hear and what God wants them to hear. So I just pray that he's done that and blesses the show this morning and, and every show uh, as he works through two guys like us. And, and and knowing this show, that is probably something we should pray fervently every time. <laughs> Please, Lord. Please, Lord. <laughs> and I'll, Despite uh, us. I'll keep checking for that email you mentioned at the beginning of the show. Okay. The email from God. It might have went to my junk mail. <laughs> God be with you. See you next week.